Welcome to season two, episode two of JK Not Really. Hey guys, I'm happy to be recording with you again. I feel like we're trying to stay on top of it more, so hopefully we can get a lot more episodes this yeah, year. Yeah, we made the goal to be more consistent this season. Yeah. So last episode, I dropped the big news that I'm off the market officially. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So getting married this year, that's a huge step. Massive. I mean, arguably one of the biggest things if you want marriage, that will be one of the biggest things you do with your life, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's so nice because honestly, it just feels so natural. Like, just like a puzzle piece coming together. Like, this is right. This is meant to be like, no cold feet. I'm not nervous. I'm just like looking forward to it. And that's when you know that you're doing it with the right person. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you and Andrew have been together for what, like five years now married? We, our anniversary this coming August will be six years. Six years. Which I don't know why. I know. Like, yay. It it, it is something to celebrate. Every, Every year that the number goes up, it's like, oh, like we got this. Like we're just killing it. But for whatever reason, now that we're going to be past the five-year mark, like getting closer to 10 years, it's like, okay, we're veterans at this point. Like, we, we've been on the team for a while. <laughs> yeah, you guys have a solid foundation. Yeah, we definitely, we know the lay of the land a little bit more now, which, yeah, it's, but marriage is a journey. Like, I genuinely, and Andrew will say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Every year that we're married, we are still learning more about each other, learning, learning more about us as a unit, growing in our communication, growing in our experiences together. Every single year I could genuinely say it's like one more layer is peeled back like over and over again. And it's also interesting when you do get married a little bit younger, like we did. Mm -hmm. And we were engaged at 23, married at 24. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to be 30 this week, this coming week. So it's interesting to look at the way we were in our first couple of years of marriage and where we thought we would be now. It's comical, truly, as like your best friend. And also like Andrew's like friend too. It is comical to see where you guys started and where you are now and where you thought you were going to be. Oh, I... If you would have told me at 30 that I still wouldn't have kids, but not because I didn't want them, just because I didn't feel like I was ready for that stage of my life yet, Mm -hmm. I probably would have said you were crazy. If you told me that I would now be really supportive of the military lifestyle and almost excited about what that lifestyle brings in certain ways, I also would have said that you were crazy. So, and that's, I think that's just growing up. I think that's just continuing to grow up individually and grow up with your partner. Absolutely. I love the way that you said that too, how you grow individually and with your partner as well. I mean, you and Andrew are like completely like different people from when I first met you. I know. And I I know. I I think it's funny because not a lot of people know this, that you were friends with Andrew before Mm -hmm. you were friends with me. I was, I was. Which Which I always think crazy. Yeah. 
but I just think it's just so beautiful to see like how you guys have like grown together and that you guys are like like role models honestly just to see like how committed you two like really are and like have that like team oh thank you yeah it's awesome and to that like if anyone says that marriage is easy they are on drugs or lying or both like I people that love to just sit there and be like oh my gosh but you know all you need is love and obviously love is a major component but Mm -hmm. marriage is work it is constant work well any relationship is constant work and you need to be 100% committed to that relationship to make it work absolutely and it's also checking your own ego at the door and Mm -hmm. really being open to the fact that you have things that you need to work on oh absolutely and essentially kind of like okay I'm gonna put this part aside right now because I really need to focus on this aspect in the relationship or their needs right now. Yes. And I think that's okay to do. Absolutely. I love balance. Yes. I love the advice my sister gave me one time. She, and I think she might've gotten this. I don't know where she got, but it's, I think about it all the time. She told me marriage is not always going to be 50, 50. Sometimes it's going to be 90, 10 and you are taking on the 90 for the person that you've chosen to do life with. Or other times, maybe it's a 60-40, maybe sometimes it is 50-50. But to have the expectation that it's going to be 50-50 throughout all different seasons of life is not realistic. Yeah, I mean, even look at our friendship. I mean, like, we like to be, like, more, like, 50-50, but sometimes, like, life gets pretty hectic for me, and you need to make the phone calls to be like, hey, Casey, are you okay? Or, hey, do you need anything? And vice versa. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, and to that... I think, I think I was even saying to Andrew like a couple months ago, and this is so crazy. I mean, you're going to feel this pain because you're planning a wedding right now. Andrew and I could not afford where we got married if we wanted to get married there right now. Wedding prices are disgusting to say the least. Don't like Sometimes the same as a house, like a down payment. So what are you, how are you doing like, how are you holding up? What has yeah. the wedding planning process been like to you? What's yeah. your vision? How are you doing? Yeah. So, I mean, this time around, it's fun. It's easy. Um, I have a partner that's 100% in it with me. So it's really, really nice. Um, the one major thing that we're primarily focusing on is how do we honor our relationship and how do we honor Steven and how do we honor Casey? So, I mean, to be completely honest with you, if it was Steven's way, it would have been a courthouse. We would have been married already. If it was Casey's way, it would be the big shebang. So it's how do we come to like a compromise? Absolutely. What we decided is we're going to do a micro wedding up in the mountains, immediate family members only. Um, And then a couple days after, we're going to do a reception at a local brewery. And it's just going to be very casual. Like, we're going to do the speeches, the dances, but we're going to hire a food truck. And it's just going to be just hanging out with our friends and family and whoever else can be there. And I think that is so the two of you, for anyone that's close to you. And I also think for those of you that, for those that are listening, but maybe aren't close to you, just approaching it that way. 
is a huge compromise and it is meeting in the middle with what you both want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me because I'm such a people pleaser. So, and I come from a family that's Jersey and Pennsylvania. So we're used to the big shebang with the weddings that you invite your first, your second, your third, your fourth, your cousin, you invite your like preschool teacher <laughs> that you haven't talked to. In, in no, years. same. Yeah. And that's what I struggled with by far the most throughout the wedding planning process was wanting to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And in that I was losing what I wanted or what Andrew wanted because it's also the stigma that it's like bride's way or no way. I think in certain ways, yes, I definitely support that notion, yeah. but there is, it's his day too. It's our day. Absolutely. And I mean, like, I really want to primarily just focus on like me and Steven because it is about us. It is about us becoming one officially by law now. And my uncle gave me like really great advice because I was talking to him and my aunt because my aunt's actually going to marry us. And he's like, at the end of the day, you do need to focus on you and your partner, but you also have to be mindful of your guests too and how you can also compromise with them. Hence, maybe your mom wants the traditional big wedding cake and you don't want that. So then maybe you just have like a very small cake or a cupcakes that you do. There's right. some wiggle room that you can do and there's other times that there's no wiggle room and you really need to put your foot down and that's okay. Cause at the end of the day, it's between you and him. And I think absolutely, I agree wholeheartedly. And I also think that weddings for our parents, the culture around that was very different back then. So and I think different. That's what I learned when I was planning my wedding. I was like, oh, in their minds, like the fact that I'm getting married is an accomplishment for them. And they want to essentially like debut their accomplishment to society. Like when you think of it, it's so old. Yeah. School. I think that some of that still exists. And I think for our generation, it's just not that. No, I completely agree with you. And I think like a better way to show it off. And I hate that my mind is even going to this would be like, what about like a nice house? <laughs> Cause I'd rather save. <laughs> I mean, we're in a gorgeous house right now and I'm very, very grateful to be in it, but we want like our dream house in the near future so that we can have a family in. And I'd rather save money for that mm-hmm. instead of spending it all on one big day. Right. And I think that's something that our generation does too. Like they don't do the big honeymoons. They use the money they get from a wedding to usually put a down payment on a house. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of generational gaps and beliefs too with the weddings and kind of like showing off and more of like the parents of the bride versus the bride and groom. So how have you navigated that? What have you and Steven, do you have like a way you go about it in a specific, like do you game plan together then your united friend? Like what, what is the process been like? For you? So it's hard. Like, I don't want to say like I'm weak when I talk to my parents or my friends. It's just, I'm just such a people pleaser and I feel like I'm such an empath too. So when I hear someone's tone of voice change or just their body language, I'm like, oh no, something is wrong. And then I automatically assume it's because of me. It's because of the style of what we're doing. So how Steven and I are navigating through this is that I'm just very, very open with him. I tell him like my thoughts and my feelings about it. We talk it through together. We kind of game plan how we are going to say this, 
or sometimes I talk to my family and then I go back downstairs to Steven. We talk it through together. I mean, he is so, so, so supportive in this. And at the end of every single conversation, we're just like, are we doing this for us? Or are we doing this for others? It's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you said, yeah, no, it is. Cause that was, I, we've talked about this. That was what I struggled with the most was the people pleasing. I think I struggle with that still. When you said, I, I, I do feel like on some level, I like buckle a little bit when it comes to my parents. Yeah. And same. I'll try to fix that. I'm getting better, but I still, even if I am really firm with what I want to do or my opinion, I still have the mental, well, should I have said that? Should I text them and say, no, it's fine. We'll do whatever you want to do. Forget it. And that's where Andrew comes in. He's like, no, this, this yeah. game that you're playing right now, you're doing this. You just need to be like firm in all aspects, not just with parents, like just with people in your circle Every- in general. If yeah. that's what you want, you don't have to, not all the time in an explanation isn't warranted. No, absolutely. And Steven always does like the reverse too. He's just like, so if your friend was stern on this stern event or this topic, would you budge? I mean, would you argue with them or would you just respect them? Because that's your friend. And I'm like, no, you're right. Absolutely. And I think you and I are both this way where, and it's not, it's not a knock on anyone, but I think we tend to let ourselves get walked on a little bit. We do. And then when we do stand up for ourselves, everyone's like almost like taken back because yeah. we're not yeah. used to getting that from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think makes it like, yeah, harder too, because we have like a reaction from others because we finally like stood up for ourselves Right. Like, I don't like this reaction, but I need this to move forward. And it's like this huge deal. And it's like, oh, but you guys can just like walk around doing it, whatever you want to do all the time. And you don't get anything from me. I know. I know. So more of the story, dig your heels in, talk with your partner and make sure that you're putting your relationship first and your needs first. And Mm -hmm. I mean, also look at how your friends respond and how your family responds as well. Maybe it's coming from an alternative, uh, alternative motive. Maybe something else is going on. I mean, me and you had like a little conversation. I almost gave you a heart attack, <laughs> but you were very supportive. Okay. You mean very tested. Oh, okay. That's better. Yes. Very, I'm very not- tested. So you were texting me. I was asking you a bunch of questions about, so what are you thinking for the wedding? What's your plan? Because I know you've mm-hmm. talked about in the past, but it's different when it's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, oh, well, we've decided because you know what Stephen would like and you know what I would like. So we're meeting in the middle and we're just going to do a micro wedding with immediate family only and a reception. And you didn't say that your friends would be then invited later to the reception. Like it just mm-hmm. read, nope, micro wedding, immediate family only, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I can't even respond to you right away. And I was sitting on the couch with Andrew and I was just like... I was totally torn because half of me was, you sit there and you preach about like championing her, about like, do what you want to do and real people will support you and I have your back. So half of me is like, if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. Yep. The other half of me was like, this bitch. (laughs) I was like, I cannot believe I am not like, 
And again, when you say it out loud, it does sound selfish, but it goes back into what weddings could mean to other people than just yourself. But I was like, I am so close to her and Stephen. Andrew and I like have been through so much with Casey on her individual relationship journey. And you mean to tell me that I won't even get to see her in a wedding dress? <laughs> I didn't say any of that to you, but I had to put my phone down and say that to Andrew. I could just see you like sitting in your chair, like gripping the handles and then just like word vomit towards poor Andrew. That's probably just like sitting here minding his own business. <laughs> And he said, well, Jack, if that's what you want to do, then we need to be supportive of that. And I was like looking at him and I was like, I know, I know, I'm supportive. I'm super supportive. So I texted you back and I was like, that sounds lovely. Yeah, like I'll support you, whatever you want. And then I'm like, oh, that was like an odd response. And I'm just like, that's not like a typical like jack statement i'm like let me like go through my messages and my jaw like dropped and i looked at steven i was like i'm a fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) i'm like this poor i know it was but it was also like funny in that moment of like being in a situation where it's like it's really easy to say you're supportive it's a lot harder when it's supportive to maybe something that you don't want to happen and you still have to be there for that person yeah yeah absolutely but I felt so bad I remember like facetiming you right away like profusely apologizing <laughs> well, Steve was like Casey what the hell <laughs> I know I know I think just like the questions too are just so overwhelming sometimes I just like I don't even know what I'm saying I'm excited yeah yeah but I do want to touch on something you said earlier You said this time around, it's a lot better, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to lean into that a little bit? Do I want (laughs) to? Yeah, I guess let me be vulnerable. So um, if this is your first time listening, you can go into back episodes or previous episodes just to hear uh, my story. I mean... I just wasn't in a very, very healthy relationship at all. It was very, very abusive, to say the least. Um, And I was previously engaged, too. Um, But, oh, my goodness, just from where I am now to where I used to be, I mean, the two events are not even, like, comparable. Right. I mean, completely just, like, black and white on the feelings. Because now I just feel so at peace. I feel as if this just feels right. I just completely feel like myself and just so like happy and just looking forward to the future. Like this is my person that I'm supposed to be with. No doubt about that. That's what you know. Absolutely. Whereas my previous engagement, I've honestly felt like I remember the moment when it was all happening. I felt like knots in my stomach. And I remember telling myself, this should be a good thing. I should be happy. The word should. And I distinctly remember telling myself, I should cry and say that it's happy tears. And I was crying because I was so afraid, thinking that I can't pull back now. I'm in it. Oh my God. 
And that's where it's crazy when you have the perspective that I did, because that was before you and I kind of reconnected and before I knew what we found out. And it looked, okay. it looked exactly like how you would want it to look, how it should look. It, you, you played it. Nobody knew. Not a single person. Because at that moment, I felt as if like, I already dug into this hole. I'm already way too deep in. I'm already too committed. And I felt like if I came forward now, I would be like very like ashamed. I feel like I would have been like judged a lot. I would have been questioned a lot. And for me, unfortunately, I felt it was just easier to go with it rather than like having a voice and sticking up for myself. And I think probably a lot of survivors of those situations feel, have felt that. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of like pressure too from society as well. Cause what, at that age, I was like, I think like 25, maybe 24, 25. So I also had the pressure to like, oh my gosh, I need to settle down. I need to find someone. And we've been in a long-term relationship prior to that. So I'm like, yeah, I guess this is it then. I'll make the best of it. Not like this is the best of it. I'll make the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's interesting too. Have you felt different? I say older, but I don't even think 30 is old anymore. No. But have you felt different approaching a wedding with the age that you're at now, like in comparison to what you did the first time? Yes. So it's funny. So I actually have like a lot of my friends like texting me and coming up to me, just asking me like bluntly, such as, so how is it planning a wedding now? Right. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's completely different. They're just like, well, you already planned one before, but so how is it now? How's it going wedding shopping again? Is there any like fluctuation, like feelings and emotions? And I'm like, Honestly, like it's like I said, I can't even like compare it at all. Like it seems like two distinct like events in my mind. Right. Um, but with the wedding planning, I know in the past it was all about the reception, the dinner, the music, the lighting, the my dress. Like I was so focused on all the other details. Whereas this wedding, I'm solely focused on marrying Steven and being with him. Right. All the other details don't really matter because it really doesn't. At the end of the day, the fact that I can just be his wife is what matters to me most. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that was like a big like flag for me to acknowledge. Like I'm getting so caught up in everything else. And I remember looking at the venue past then and the individual at the venue was like, this is the aisle that you're going to be walking down to see him. And I remember my gut just telling me I need to run. Like, this doesn't feel right. And I should have listened to that from the get-go. Right. Yeah, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think even me, there were probably things that I did with my wedding in my early 20s that I probably wouldn't do now. <laughs> Just like, I don't even know. I don't, nothing like very specific comes to mind, but I think maybe if I were to get married now, it'd probably be more the vibe that you're going with. And I think that also speaks to maybe if you are in your mid twenties, late twenties, thirties, forties, not to stress over, oh, 
this is what is needs to happen because I'm in this chapter of my life and this is what everyone else has in my life. So that means I need to have it too. Because yeah. you didn't think you'd be single when you were. <laughs> no, not at all. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, like you that's signing a lease for an apartment to live in by yourself when you were at that age. I didn't think for the first time in my life at the age of 27, I'll be living by myself. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I had no implication that was going to happen, but honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way because of the amount of growth that I had from my past where I am right now. I mean, even dating in my late twenties was so different compared to my early twenties. So what advice would you give? I mean, because I'm sure that's the case. I mean, I can think of people right now in my life that are just, we're in so many different seasons. Yeah. And in a way, it's really beautiful because we have, some of us can give empathy and advice because we've been through it. Some of us have never been through it. And we're like, help me. You've Mm -hmm. been through this. Like, what do I do? But it just goes back to that societal pressure, I think. And I'm just going to say it, especially for women to get married, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think it's getting better, but I don't think it's ever going to go away. No, I completely agree with you. And the advice that I can give is just solely like make sure that you are pleasing yourself at the end of the day because you're stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You really need to focus on your needs and your partner's needs. And if you have like any like just gut feeling that this isn't right, that you don't feel safe, that like, you're uncomfortable I think you know, need to like have a talk with yourself and potentially someone else if you can to really right. see if this is the right steps that you want to take. And I also think if you're not in a relationship at all, and again, I feel kind of weird giving this advice because I was, it's not lost on me how fortunate I was. Like yeah. I was, I was in a relationship in college, broke that off. Andrew and I had already been friends since we were 18. So we already had that like friendship foundation established. And then we kind of just fell in to each other and in love and all the things. Well, here's a question for you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you really didn't believe in like marriage. No. Hmm. I think I believed in it for some people. But not for you? No. and, And it's not like I never really imagined it. But I also imagined it might not be for me. It, that might not be what I want or uh-huh. I might not find someone that I can picture it with. Because up until Andrew, I never pictured getting married to anyone. He was the first man that I'd ever met where I was like, oh, that's what that's like. Like, I can picture yeah. this. Like that's, that's what that feeling is like, oh, I can't imagine now my life without you in it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, no, that's not even an option. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just like the consistency that yeah. you had with him that really helped. It was that. And I think just, he was my friend first. And so mm-hmm. with that, he's never been afraid to like call me out. What you need. <laughs> need to be called out. If if I'm not, I live in this like alternate universe where finance isn't a thing and I don't need to worry about taxes and like all of those like realistic aspects of aspects of life. 
Andrew is the first one to be like, hello, come back down to earth. Like, yeah, yeah, we need to. This isn't the way it works. (laughs) I think it's like really interesting that you said that for you, it was establishing that friendship and romantic relationship. And for me, it was establishing the romantic relationship and then friendship. Right. Because I think it's so different for everyone. It truly, truly is. Yeah. And I think when, especially like I come from a divorced family, so does Andrew. So I think it's just scary. I think when you come from a divorced family, you do in your mind consider divorce to be the biggest failure. Mm. If, If you do that, you have failed. And so that fear can keep you out of the game entirely. It's enough. It's, and that's what it was for me. It was like, well, if I don't yeah. do it, I can't fail at it. So then check, that's safe, that's good, that's comfortable, I'm in control. Well, and, say, yeah, that's like self-destructive mode. So you have oh. the false reality of being in control. And that <laughs> little psych ad for you from Hanks. <laughs> but that's how I lived. That's how I approached every romantic relationship in my life until Andrew. Yeah. I also made sure that I was strategic in who I was in relationships with. I always chose relationships where on some level I was going to be in control because of whatever factors fit that relationship because they didn't call me out. I wasn't, you know, really forced to be vulnerable. I wasn't forced to have uncomfortable conversations. I wasn't asked to explore my flaws. None of that happened. Because of how strategic I was. I was like, no, no, no. I have this figured out. If I don't put myself in that situation, I win every single time and I'll help never get my heart broken. Yeah. So I guess kind of like advice would to be is like, go against your norm a little bit. Absolutely. I, I never, yeah. when Andrew and I left the friend, the friend zone and entered <laughs> into the romantic zone, yeah. uh, I loved that that side of him as my friend didn't change. I love that he was, because we are so different in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I love that that didn't change. Like just because, just because we're in love doesn't mean you have to tiptoe around me. Like he is very much the type where it's like, oh no, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel because we're in this together and you need to know how I feel. Which is good. I think every relationship you should be able to tell your person how you feel. Right. Yeah. But I also just, I was, I was never put in situations where I had to be vulnerable and I was never, that was something I had to learn. Yeah. But- Let me also like paint the story too. So with you not being vulnerable, also not very like touchy, like huggy. I mean, we've been friends for like quite some time and it took like an extreme circumstance for you to like really, really hold me and hug me. And the fact that Andrew came up to you applauding you for that saying it must've been a bad time. (laughs) And that couldn't be more of the truth because, and that's probably some inner child trauma that at some point needs to be addressed, but it is very hard for me. Yeah. It it took you on your darkest day to me be like, you know, she could probably use a hug. Hug. And I remember Andrew walking into your living room and just looking and going, all right, and then nodding and walking away. See you later. And I think the funniest thing is that one of your um, best friends from home you grew mm-hmm. up with, 
she was like talking to you and it was her bachelorette and she goes i just want to hug you can hug casey but not me oh yeah no i know because if you do know me that is not unless if i'm like intoxicated and i'm the loveiest touchiest person in the room you are but yeah i think that story goes to show like how difficult it is for you to be vulnerable it is because that's just that's i think being a child of divorce you just you learn very early on how to protect yourself and you figure out where your weaknesses are. And then you put yourself only in situations Mm. where those don't have to be a focal point. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that happens a lot with, um, having individual parents that are divorced. This happens with individuals that are in abusive relationships. I mean, it's difficult. We tend to just continue that pattern. So my advice would be as uncomfortable and as terrifying as it is, lean into it. Because at least for me, it was the best thing I ever did. If you feel safe, yeah, lean into it. If you can trust yourself, lean into it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I'll keep you guys posted on all the wedding details and how I'm putting our relationship first. I know. I'm waiting. There might be one bridezilla moment in and here with you, and I'm just kind of waiting for that moment, just for a little bit. For me? Yeah, just a little. I just think it would be funny to see that to see that side of you. Okay, I can see myself being like a bridezilla if like Beyonce isn't played at the reception. (laughs) How do you feel about Beyonce going into country music? Love it. Okay. No, I, you were the first person I thought of. I was like, Casey's either going to love this or she's going to hate it. I mean, it's Beyonce. You have to love everything that she does. I mean, she rocks those cowgirl hats. Mm, she can rock anything. <laughs> I saw her picture on Instagram and I was like, Steven shouldn't see this because Casey might buy like another bedazzled tassel jacket if this keeps up. Absolutely. I remember at the Super Bowl, like her commercial like aired. And I'm like, guys, she just dropped an album. She just released something. And I was like the only one like focused on it. Yeah. I mean, you're a Beyonce ride or die. That I am, baby. That I am. <laughs> Forever. But yeah, I think we'll just continue to dive into this wedding planning process. I feel like this episode was for the brides and the grooms. And the grooms. Most definitely was. But I think next episode, really talking about our 30s and that new adventure for us. So stay tuned. Yeah. yeah stay with us, guys. It's going to be fun. We'll see Woo-hoo. you in the next one. Buckle in. Ha <laughs> <laughs>